We are all here in three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to episode two, not 300, right? Right. <laughs> I was saying this before, but 204 of the Guardian Hub podcast, where we talk destiny, interview guests, and get confused about the episode number. Although, isn't Potato Thumbs getting closer to 300? Mm-hmm. I believe they are. I was listening to the episode the other day. Where are they at? Potato Thumbs podcast. Do, do, do. Two ninety four. Ooh, yeah, they're nice. right on the cusp. Mm-hmm. Yep. But anyways, we are here, ready to do this. Have another episode for all of you, lovely folks, and talk about what we've been doing. Which, Sin, I heard you just finished your strand, your last little strand collections. Finally, yes, finally finished all of my strand on my Titan. So now I can do the uh, sidearm quest. Not that I'm a fan of sidearms, but I'm still going to do it either way. Yeah, yeah, well worth getting those quests done, just uh, you know, because they're kind of like the main after quests that you're going to want to do. Yeah, it's just the the cleanup to get everything caught up, and so I can focus on raiding more when I'm actually home from work. Yeah, yeah. Instead of all the random stuff. Yeah. And then we'll talk about the raid as our main topic tonight. But before we get to that, um, yeah, miscellaneous stuff you were doing that. Um, Des, any miscellaneous stuff you're doing or more interesting things you've learned in your extensive yes. destiny research? <laughs> I know, right? Um, but no, yes, I have interesting things. Um, first, um, won't be the first time, won't be the last time, but I was wrong last week. Um, I made mention that the Radiant Mast was mentioned in the Books of Sorrow. That was actually called the Gift Mast. Oops. <laughs> Wrong mast. So a different Wrong one. mast. Yes. But um, in my talks with some people in the lore channels, uh, Merrick, I believe, or Haiti, I, one of those two, um, potentially both, uh, I did track down the Lightfall Collector's Edition stuff and found transcriptions for it. Um, interestingly enough, going back to the Gift Mass, uh, apparently Callus became Emperor of the Cabal by using it or kind of started reforming the Cabal, should I say, from their warrior roots, trying to make them a Roman uh, Empire of Opulence, essentially, uh, was through the use of a Nahem Karabal. Uh, which he gained from a system in ancient Cabal mythology uh, that just sounded very familiar because 
it sounds exactly like the gift mast and where that happens, uh, which is, uh, if you're going to look through the lore yourself, uh, I believe the planet or the people were Harmony, which um, they are said to be, they were said to use dragon wishes when they fought against the hive thousands, millions, whatever years ago. Um, so it is very interesting to see that link and that kind of confirmation that those dragons were indeed, at least potentially, Ahamkara. Yeah. Yeah. And I should have remembered more from the story because now that I read this little thing on the the wiki about the radial mast, I do believe they mentioned this in the story. Like, duh, now I remember this. But... The radio yeah. mast is an artifact of the Black Fleet resonating with the light. It was utilized by Callus at the behest of the witness in an attempt to link with the veil. So it's what Callus was trying first. Yeah. You know what you know, I mean? To help the witness. And and then, of course, when that plan got thwarted because Rohan sacrificed himself to self-detonate yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apparently, what the witness needed to connect to the traveler was light. Um, yeah. And that was apparently what the radial mast was for. Uh, and instead, it just, you know, hijacked ghost. Yep. Yeah. Or, or, or insert name of your ghost here. Um, like he could have never hijacked any other ghost in the universe anywhere else at any other point. <laughs> I, mean, I guess the ghost fair, needed to be really close to the veil or something, you know. Potentially. I guess uh, considering they are small sources of light as compared to. I, I would assume. I don't know. It's 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 a MacGuffin, okay? Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> it's I a MacGuffin. <laughs> um, but I'll say yeah, it was really cool, like to go through like the lore and find out that uh, the hive exists in ancient Cabal mythology because that's where Keitel gets her name. Um, because in the middle of Keitel is Ayat, which is all throughout the Books of Sorrow. Um, and then it's also where Amonarath does kind of confirm that she gets her name from mythology and pretty much directly janks it off of Zebuarath, which just makes it horribly ironic that she would end up summoning Zebuarath to Torah bottle. So yeah. Yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah, right on. No, thanks for that update. And uh <laughs> the the story for sure is interesting how this is continuing along and undoubtedly we'll have more as we go along all the time. Let's just move quickly to our main topic, the review of the raid, and then we can loop back around if anyone else has any questions or we have lore things or there's, I don't know if there was too much in the TWAB. I skimmed no. over it, but no, yeah. okay, cool. it's, it's, we're still in basically recap territory. Essentially. Uh, you could check out the raid racers interview, the raid winners interview, um, which I'm just glad is actually a clan I've never heard of before in participation. It's nice to see some new names. Uh, get up there. Um, otherwise, yeah, it's kind of recapping, telling you to go do the uh, Excalibur mission if you haven't. Um, yeah. Like yeah. I said, it, it's kind of recap season for TWABs. Yeah, and speaking of, I do recommend everyone read, usually I'm not interested in those things, then I started skimming it, and I got some feels even too. I really enjoyed reading the the interview with the Raid Race team. Well, it was just basically one person still, but yeah, it was really cool just saying like how I mean, just all the obvious things working together, this and that. But for some reason, it was just, it was kind of cool how he answered the questions. So yeah, check that out if you want. And if I'm not mistaken, because I watched a bit of the raid race, 
uh, Harden the paint was like super sweaty uh, when it came to it. Like they had like you couldn't hear their comms as they were streaming it. Uh, they had like a thing in front of the buff section of the screen, so you couldn't see what buffs they had or were working with. Mm-hmm. So it, it wouldn't be next to impossible to get any information off of them if they weren't doing it in the exact moment that you were watching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But there we have it. We are here to talk about the raid because as of our last show, it was a day before when the raid first came out. And then, of course, we had contest mode for 48 hours. And then a lot of us hopped into that or after contest mode. Oh. And we are getting clears, surely, yeah. slowly but surely. And so I want to start off with, um, actually, I can't, no, Sin, have you ever went back and did the first or second encounter yet? Nope. Okay, okay, okay sorry. <laughs> okay. I want to include you a lot, Sin, but I guess I won't be able to until the third encounter on. Until the third encounter, yes. Did you watch it at all, Des? Like, just videos I, or anything? Most of what I caught was the uh, the first bit of the raid race, which I thought was going to be a much longer marathon. So I tuned out for a little bit, and then when I came back, right. it was over, and I'm like, "What?" So I got to look at up to what I believe is the third encounter, which is the planetarium. The yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's kind of where my knowledge also drops off. Is and that's uh, where sin came in. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also, before we start all of this, I would like to congratulate you, Kingsley. You called it one million percent the boss of this raid. <laughs> oh well, I didn't come up with the idea on my own. Oh, I'm just saying you you like went out there, you called it, and you were right. Congratulations. Although, okay, <laughs> I'll take a little bit of credit, even when there was some like early rumors or spoilers or things like that. There was a couple names out there. And this was like even months ago, not just a few weeks before, um, uh, you know, when all the spoilers were coming out, but even a couple months ago. And I was just thinking, well, it would make sense with the Nezrik stuff that was been bringing yeah. into the game recently to have that be a play. So of all the rumors I was reading, which some of these were obviously true, so maybe someone actually did know something, but that was the one I went with. <laughs> So I, mean, I guess I'll take a little credit, but yeah. <laughs> it's entirely fair. So somehow, uh, I guess at the very start, uh, uh, four-story, uh, the Nezarex something was on the Witnesses pyramid ship. And when the Traveler blasted into it, the cinematic tells us that is that was its terraforming power, and it accidentally revived Nezarek. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, we'll talk yeah, about that. that happened. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like story and backstory, and now Nezarek is potentially tapping into the light, which is super weird. But anyhow, so yes. And um, sorry, one second. We're talking about which chat we're using. Yeah, we're going to have to make a better decision because there's two places to do chat now. But again, at least for this week, we're going to use the 204 thread as opposed to the chat that's on the... <laughs> yeah, 203, Ron, I'm sure. <laughs> opposed to the chat that's on the actual channel. But, um, okay, so I didn't even notice right away because, you know, those, those things you can miss, like even like doing the Vex Caliber mission, you don't necessarily see all the instances of Asher Mir the first time if you don't catch it right away. But I didn't notice there's little instances of Nezrek you can see off in the distance, like half forming, kind of oh, like wow. building, building back up. And yeah. what they do in this raid, which... 
makes a lot of sense because it helps with making the play space not as memory intensive and uh, reusing assets. But they do the same thing with DSC where the raid loops back around, but it's yeah. really cool because the growth continues. And so by the time you get to the end arena, it it looks even less familiar than like DSC if you're not totally paying attention. The end arena is like totally different. Yeah. I think it took me at least four DSC runs to realize we're right back where we started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So we load in. It's very visually pleasing. It's a fun, you know, you see all the, the light growth, the the light virus that's taking <laughs> taking over the tree of silver wings growth, all that all the all the above, all the stuff we know. But um we load in first encounter pretty much right away. Um, this encounter, I should pull up the names. Uh, I'll get them on the Triumph screen here. Or Sin, I know you love living your life in Triumphs. Can you tell us what they're called? <laughs> All the encounters. Oh, let me pull it up. <clears throat> Bruh. Kato, you can come on the show and tell us. <laughs> this is how even? we roll, right? You know? <laughs> you regret this already. <laughs> See, the thing is, is like, if I... I could even just say I could play it in a way like it doesn't matter what they're called, uh, you know, and just move on. But um, I do kind of actually want to. First one is cataclysm. Yeah, cataclysm. Yes, because we are brought into the cataclysm. Anyways, um, this encounter is pretty darn easy. Uh, all you're really doing is connecting lines connecting circles you have this starting like little mini looking traveler orb on a plate and it has a white glow around it and you have to be in that glow on that plate to get a buff you shoot the little traveler orb and then a little light points out shoots out to where you need to connect it connecting means then when you have the buff you go up to the next plate and there will be a kind of like a dark looking orb and you shoot that and you make a connection okay once you make a connection, you do need to re-up. You need to go back and get another buff. Go to the first spot. And then you get your re-up, and then you can go forward and see where the next line is pointing to, to another plate. And there's about... I haven't done the connection points yet, especially for this first encounter, but there's about six per side, six on left, six on right. So you actually have two runners that take turns at the beginning. So you have one runner, because you don't want both people getting the buff at the same time, because you 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 know when you shoot it... If both people aren't there at exactly the same time, it can it can mess up. So you actually, you know, if, if you had the same timing, so it's better to actually have the first person go on and then the second person. Everyone else is just doing ad clear. And then there's two signs that appear, like the Leviathan signs that have the shields around them, that anyone can just punch them. They block being able to see where the next connection point is and the Tormentor coming out. And the Tementor comes out, and then you take them down, and then that extends the timer for wiping the whole thing. So as long as you're moving fast, killing adds, punching the Scions, killing the Tementor, time keeps getting added to the timer so you don't wipe. And then eventually the two runners connect up all the way to the top of the arena. Another interesting thing is that original connection point that I talk about to re-up, it moves up over time. Like after about three connections, you don't have to go all the way back to the beginning unless you mess up. It, it like that bubble like moves up like halfway up the arena, but the mechanics aren't hard. It's really just 
knowing where the plates are, especially at the end, they kind of converge again. Like it's like this taller building at first they're like totally out in the open. So, you know, good design. So they make it easy at first and then a little bit harder. Some are like underneath this one room, a little bit harder to find and ones at the top of the building, but, uh, really not too bad. And, uh, so we got that done pretty easily in the crew that we were running on Sunday. I think we only did like, we could have done it in one try. We got to the very end, but then something happens. Basically our second try, we got it done. Second encounter. Um, and there's like a little bit of traversal after that, but nothing too interesting. Second encounter is kind of the same thing, but it's... <laughs> There's little pushy things, cannons that make you go back and forth. Not like the traditional cannon, the, the, the man cannons, but they're like these little catapult things on the ground. And you stand next to it and you shoot a nut, like those little nuts from the Valve the Disciple Raids in, and then it pushes you to the other side of the arena. So this arena has three levels on right, three levels on left, and the people who are runners have to go back and forth because there are, instead of just one original connection, and two runners are building it up. Now there's two connections, starting connection. There's a light side and a dark side. And the runners build build that up going forward. However, it's not just going to keep you on your side. So you do your first light. And the, the pointy light may take you over to the other side. So you got to, you know, jump on the little thing, get blasted to the other side. Nice. And there's a lot of deaths that happen. I mean... It's kind of janky, you know, like Destiny Mechanics, like it works 90% of the time, but then the times where it doesn't work, it's super annoying because you know you didn't really do anything wrong. And Warlock is actually probably the hardest to do it on. We, It actually lets you test the pushing man cannon thing ahead of time before you start the encounter. And we were testing with different characters, and the Warlocks, I'll tell you, I'm being a very experienced Warlock jumper, but what you have to do here is like totally different than most other <laughs> raid mechanics. You really have to either do your double jump right at the beginning when it pushes you. So the timing's hard to do because you have to shoot it and then know to double jump a split second after it pushes you. Or you can do the thing where it's pushing you across. And I've noticed with the Warlock, though, only about 60% of the time it gives me the full height where I'm going to make the other side. So if it looks like I'm not going to make the other side, I have to hope I have a jump left to get over there, but it's pushing you so fast. It's not a jump that really takes you high. It's just more a jump that's going to take you um, horizontally. So you really have to time it right. It's super annoying <laughs> as a warlock. So we're like, just let's not have the warlocks do the jump. Let's have them do ad clear. I did watch a little bit of day one uh, from work, and that was one of the parts that I caught mm -hmm. was the um, was that man cannon across a chasm i couldn't see the mechanics that they were doing other than they were getting blasting on either side of the map yeah and this encounter thanks for getting the complete list in this one's called scission and uh i mean it's the action mechanics aren't too bad oh one other thing is they are uh, occasionally most of the ads are just regular takedown but occasionally they're shielded ads and someone with the buff can are the only ones that can take down the shielded ads. But anyone can get the buff, even the ad people. What you do is you just stand in that little dome ahead of time so that when the runners are coming through, they shoot the ball. You all get the buff, but the ad people are just using the buff to kill the shielded ads, and then the runners are continuing to connect the connection points. 
So I don't know. I mean, the first two encounters, they're fine. Um, the first one's pretty short. Most groups are going to get it very quickly, like almost to a detriment, too short and too easy. Um, second encounter is v fun looking, and I like how it has three levels. Uh, I don't want to spoil this one thing. I bet a lot of people have seen it, but if you reach the wipe timer on the second encounter, a really interesting thing happens, and I'll just leave that as a spoiler <laughs> right now. Did you see it, Des? What happens? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You can say it if you want, but you know what I mean, right? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> I might not be able to fully describe it right now, but I've seen what happens when people wipe on yeah. that encounter. Like I said, I've, I've, seen, I've seen the failures. Uh, I've seen abundantly the second encounter. Um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then after that, there's some more, you know, traversal. The, quote, jumping puzzles aren't, there's not really jumping puzzles per se. There's traversal puzzles in this raid, and it's kind of annoying because you can't really go fast because what you have to do is there are these blasts in the air that Nezrek's oh, recovering body scary. or his tomb or whatever. They're like these wipe blasts. They're like atom bombs that just go off every 30 seconds and they start far away and then the blast goes forward and that blast wipes everyone unless in these traversal areas, both the jumping puzzles, you have to go to, you do the connection things again, you go to the light buff, you pick it up, only one person picks it up, but then you run to a dark buff and you shoot it there and then you get a protection bubble. Um, and anyone can go in that protection bubble. And you don't have to stay in the protection bubble, the protection bubble will give you a safety shield while you're in it, and also when it its timer runs out or when you're out of it, you have an additional 12 seconds. So you can kind of just run through that and then continue the traversal. And if that blast is going through, as long as you're within your 12 second timer that counts down, those blasts won't kill you. So obviously the strat is you want to go together as a group. However, guess what? There's more of the man cannons in this traversal puzzle. So no one, it, there's no way all six people are going to always make that complete. It's a pretty long traversal puzzle. Pretty darn long. Yep. And there's no way all six people, unless you're top tier elite, like, are always going to make it. So someone dies behind, and then, then you got to make the call, is it worth going back? And how much timer do I have? And you got to find a backtrack traversal safety bubble to, to help them out. And <laughs> so, and you can do stuff by yourself, too. You don't have to have people with you if you know where to f start finding the light bubbles and then shoot the dark ones really you can have just groups that are all separate from each other and just make your way through yeah it's well, fine very... i think it's gonna be annoying in the long run probably because uh... we just can't run through <laughs> yeah go ahead <laughs> no it's very uh eater of worlds i believe uh because there was a section oh, where you're yeah, in the yeah, engines yeah, yeah. and the engines detonate but you die unless you're in the yellow squares mm -hmm. yep at least that's I think it was Eater of Worlds. It was something like that, yeah. And uh, this is... I don't remember that that one exactly, but this one feels worse. <laughs> it's just very long. Oh, well, yeah, Eater was, like, super short, but this yeah. is, like, probably four to five times its length. <laughs> yeah. But then we get to the planet encounter, the best encounter of the raid by far. It's so funny, like, there's all these speculations going around, like, was this raid made, and we'll talk about like 
ease of it afterwards and stuff. But was this raid made as like a last minute thought because, you know, they were extending the whole light fall and final shape thing. And some people are saying like this third encounter is totally out of place from the whole rest of the raid. It kind of is, but it's really, really cool. Not, That's where you joined us in. Not really, though. Yeah, it's not really. But either way, the mechanics are a lot better than the all the rest of the raid. Yeah, this encounter, was... what's it called? Uh, macrocosm. Macrocosm, yeah. Um, I will say though, this room is actually uh, where we first see the witness appear in the Witch Queen cutscene. Yeah, it was like a little. I don't know if you could say it's this control room, but it was definitely a informational room. Yeah. With because you have all the planets there, you have like this big. There's like this big bubbly Even, black screen. It reminds me of like yeah. in the King's Fall raid, the big bubbly screen in between yeah. um, right before War Priest. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. But um but not very yeah, the, even the walkway like the very start of it is like identical to his the to that entrance cinematic of his. So it's it's a very it's a very good like attention to detail as well. So, Sin, when you joined us too, though, you weren't doing planet mechanics, were you? You were just doing ad? Correct. Just ads. What did you no think of planets. it? It was a little uh, hectic at first. For sure, hectic. Um, I kind of wish I knew what was going on with the planets because I didn't really know what was going on. I know the planets changed a little bit and you moved them around and left to right. And mm-hmm. that, was, that was pretty much it uh, for, for that part there. But yeah, I I liked it. It was uh, chaotic, I think, in a good way. Uh, definitely had a little bit of a challenge in there for sure. So I probably yeah. will give you a little bit better opinion once I can try the mechanics because I think that'll of course give me a little bit better better idea. I just, I just remember you joining us there, and I just kind of wanted to see your feeling of it. Yeah, as an ad person too, it definitely probably felt a little more hectic. Um, it's not like us on the plates were not trying to help with ads also but obviously we had to prioritize a little bit more of the science on our plate and the lieutenants that came out and then when that wasn't happening then we could also shoot down and help with ads but yeah it definitely looked hectic in the middle and uh let me tell you before i backtrack to tell the details um when we were having to switch from left to right especially the top plates yeah it's kind of scary and you're going through like the main bulk of the hecticness and the bosses there too and i learned quickly i didn't die but the first time i was trying to jump directly over him and i got a little bit of a boop or a stomp or something I'm like no nah, doc and then and there's all these scions trying to like boot me up in there and stuff and so i ended up taking slightly longer routes around him after that because i knew as long as i can still get there fast enough i'm not no one's waiting on me i'm going to take a sl- slightly safer route <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, but the encounter's so fun. It this one took us way too long to figure out. Um, but you know, it is what it is. There, there was like these buffs with names that ultimately don't really matter. The names, some of us probably, mostly me, were reading into like. I mean, they do kind of make sense, but like they could have just had the buffs be like interact and interact, literally. <laughs> It would have meant the same thing pretty much <laughs> or start and end. You know what I mean? <laughs> but instead they called it planetary attunement and planetary alignment. So basically what we're doing is we're tuning. We're like taking the power of a planet or, or taking a planet within us, which attunement can mean 
after I did more research afterwards. And then we're going to the yeah. other side and we're aligning it with other planets where it belongs. So it does make sense, but it's so hard to like understand that and visualize that when we're going in blind. <laughs> I mean, it's like penumbra and antumbra. I mean, yeah. it's, it's it fancy is. scientific terms that are real. They are terms. They are used in the English language. Mm-hmm. But By they who? sound made up. We don't know. They <laughs> <laughs> sound like entirely made up. Well, um, I was trying to look up planetary attunement also in the thick of it. All I saw was a bunch of floofy chakra stuff. Like I couldn't, I didn't find the definition well, of yeah, like yeah, take yeah. within until later. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's because of uh, yeah, awakening, attuning to your chakras and awakening. Yeah, yeah that's, that, that makes sense that you would get sent there. Yeah. I'm like, this isn't helpful. I want to know. Kingsley's the only right. But basically, it is a lot like that um, Antumbra Penumbra thing, too, because basically what this encounter is, is there's four areas, four triangles, where there's three planets. And there is a light side and a dark side. And let's say you're on the light side, which is the left side. There will always be two lights and one dark on each plate. Um, you can number them, or you can say, like, top, right, left. There's going to be a lot of debate on what to call those things. But as long as you are on the same page with your teammates, it doesn't really matter. But what you're doing is, if you're on the left side, within your little triangle, and if you're on the, that's the light side, there's two lights and a dark. So the dark is the odd man out. So you need to take the dark, you're tuning it into yourself, and you bring it over to the other side, and you're going to place it on the right side where their odd man out was so that they'll get all dark over there and then you, they'll bring a light over to your side and you have all light on yours. So all you really need to do is you just call out with your partner on the other side like, where am I taking this? Okay, dude, gotcha. And then where am I taking this? Okay, dude, gotcha. We take it to the other side. We we place it there and then it goes like all these clocky planet moving sounds and then eventually they move into place and the world is happy. And then after that, we get another... Oh, by the way, we shoot a lieutenant to be able to see the glowing planets, by the way. Like any good raid mechanic, you have to have a buff, too. Right, right. <laughs> Kill an enemy, get a buff, do thing. Uh-huh. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, Mojafo call-outs. <laughs> I love those, too. We could do left America, middle UK, right Asia. There you go. <laughs> so after them... Um, then right before you start boss DPS, there's also index planets in the middle, another little mini triangle above the plates for DPS. And there will also be two lights and a dark or two darks and a light. So what you need to do is you then need to grab, it doesn't matter which ones at all, but if there's two lights, then someone from the light side, anyone, you just call out, I'll grab a light, and you grab one of your light planets. Again, it doesn't matter which one. You bring it over to the middle area. You place it on what's the sign is the light plate there just to kind of prep up the area basically to make the plates be able to work so that you can do damage on the bus. And then what's cool, it's like the caretaker or like callus where you move from plate to plate. But one last thing, they added one small little bonus where the boss will have a flash, either a light or a dark flash. So guess what you have to do? <laughs> oh, the wrath mechanic. Yeah, you can't just stand on any old plate. You need to stand on the plate that was the light planet if he flashes a light burst and then do DPS from there. And then he'll go opposite. He'll fl flash a dark burst. And then you got to go to the dark plate and then it'll, and then another light if you know if that's how it worked. So, um, so there's an optimal path. 
I used to like those, uh, keeping an eye out for those hidden vents back in Wrath as well. Yeah. Yeah, Mojafo, I'm seeing the mirrored things too from like Dado or something. I don't get that at all. The only thing I can understand with that is they, they would, you could say like, well, two is always closest to the wall. Or you could say like, you could say like wall, top, and center. I get that because then if whoever's closest to the wall is always the wall. But don't mirror numbers, only mirror directions. Mirroring numbers does not make any sense at all. You either have the exact same numbers on each side, like you're looking at it top down, like a picture, or you, yeah, <laughs> scoot. <laughs> Love you, man. And everyone can have, you know, when I'm chirping it, I'll have an opinion, but when other people are chirping it, I'll, I'll stay quiet. I'm not going to fight with anyone. But uh, yeah, this is going to be one of these fun things, like any good raid. Um, at least we came to a consensus on King's Fall, R1, R2, L1, L2, you know, pretty quickly. <laughs> All right. It's basically going to come down to what more people pick up easier, more so than what people try and push. As exactly. The and as a Sherpa, I see this, and I've already talked yeah. to a couple people behind the scenes. And I don't want to mention any names because it would be putting people on the spot. Because but... I've had this fight with Kingsley back in Deep Stone. Mm-hmm about what to call what or you know whatever and no it might have been vault in atheon or oracles rather or second or second to last encounter anyway um i know there was a big like call out debate back then as well and like i said i kind of had this fight with kingsley and i lost because People picked up Kingsley's idea better than mine, so I couldn't say anything. It's like, all right, fine, oh, we'll God. do your it, way. <laughs> and that wasn't even my idea, but I think I know what you mean. Like for a while, people were doing numbers for the. It was one, two, three, four, five, six for Vault of Glass. But pretty quickly, even though I thought directions were better, like left close, left far. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I wanted to do, but I didn't even push the idea that strong on people and. For some reason, everyone just started doing that moving yeah. forward. And I think, I mean, again, it, it's because, yeah, it's just yeah, one of those like, things. Exactly. It's, it, it comes down to whatever people get uh, pick up while being taught. But here's, here's one last thing, yeah. to be totally fair. And what I loved about running this last night with, with another crew was you only have to be on the same page with your partner. Not all four people have to do the same thing. So there was a um, uh, Salt and Starlight. They had a system that they were using that they were comfortable with. I'm like, you do you. Like They were just telling each other, and then me and RNG were telling each other, we did top left, right for RNG. And I think they did four, five, six or something like that. So, you know, it's really, you can ignore the other people talking as long as you're not, um, you know, talking over them or whatever yeah like like any good raid just say it quietly twice and then it'll be fine i just said rng right we were chill rng i was like rng you're going to left yeah. <laughs> and if it's you like didn't hear me because someone else was talking I'm like rng to yeah. left <laughs> exactly <laughs> <It's easy. laughs> that's, like, that's like val like especially in was that second encounter technically with all the rooms and stuff, with the rib bone of the Leviathan and such. Um, God, whatever this is. By the way, a lot of capacity for crosstalk. Uh, yeah, just before Caretaker. A um, lot of capacity for crosstalk. Just try and 
get your call out out. Let people talk. If there's a lull, confirm your call out was heard. Exactly. Yeah. What one one? It's not a pet peeve, but one thing I'd like to teach people that are newer to rating and not used to like everything else that's going on is try to have awareness of what what everyone else is doing and saying. And if you're talking the same time as someone else, chances are your partner didn't hear or someone didn't hear you. So wait for the lull a couple seconds later and just repeat your call out yeah. quick, quickly and just efficiently enough, not too loud, not too quiet, you know, just, just to kind of repeat it. Exactly. And also, Scoot, even though care, uh, that encounter is caretaker on a diet, I felt personally that that encounter had more opportunity for crosstalk than even caretaker. I felt. Well... It's hard to say because the runners in caretaker can be a little chatty at times. <laughs> I was an efficient runner. Yeah. <laughs> and then until I was dying and then I got a little chatty. <laughs> so only like half the time. <laughs> anyway, Sin, I'm really excited for you to try the planet moving part two, because I think most people, once they do that at least once and realize it's not hard, you're never going to want to do just ads because it's just boring doing the ads. Kind of, like, uh, kind of like Volt and uh, yeah. Last Wish. Yeah. Now, I love the cross-chatter there. I love <laughs> because we <laughs> joke, right? We... <laughs> well, that's, Daddy that's Issues just, Dragon? <laughs> exactly. Because I, <laughs> I Upside love, down N or whatever. <laughs> I absolutely love especially getting new people to call out Volt. <laughs> uh, you get some of the best stuff. Oh, it's like playing charades. Upside down. I, I always loved, I started one like bird facing right, but looking left. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Bird looking sus over its shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Yeah. Uh, oh, oof. All right. So that was, that encounter is a lot of fun, I think. And then, yeah, bird not knowing where to look, Mojave says. <laughs> Which way do I look? <laughs> and then we make it to the end encounter where we see Nezrak. Nezrak, the god of pain. Dude, and I got to say. There, Sin? Oh, go ahead, Des. I was about to say, I got to say. <laughs> this encounter name. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, that's right. Wait, oh, it's just called Nezrak. Okay. Oh, yeah. No fair. Um, but now I love the fact that all throughout this raid, Nezrak talks so much smack. Like, there are so many voice lines from Nezrak, like, coming from this raid. And some of them are, like, some downright, like, ruthless lines. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And I'm calling him Fat Thor. He's definitely Fat Thor. <laughs> because he's very fast and powerful, but he's kind of chunky. <laughs> Like Thor out of uh, out of Ragnarok, and yes, and I'll sure the movies too. And he has a very low health pool, even though he's very powerful. He can put out a lot of offense. He doesn't have a lot of defense. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, Sin, what did you think of the encounter? <laughs> uh, it was definitely chaotic as well, but and I think in a good way. There, I kind of ran a few of the buffs. Um, when we were switching off between run runner and two runners and, and trying to figure out how to connect all the uh, the pieces to get to damage phase. Um, and if that's like 
the previous encounters where you're connecting all those, you know, the light beacons and the yeah. dark beacons together. I think the the other encounters should be pretty easy as well, but I, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed both clearing ads and, uh, and, and participating a little bit there. Damage, damage phase. Uh, it's intense. It's another rock. He, he fights back. Like you said, yeah. you said originally, he's got a lot of offense for sure. Yeah, I, I love this like uh, theme that they're having with the disciples. That you're like, it's you and them. it's like it's like close quarters. There's no distance like boss fighting. It's you're in their face. Yeah, holy cow! And he is very like he puts Rolk to shame almost. Um, what his little moves and uh, he swings his huge scythe. <sighs> Scythe or something, but it's not a normal looking scythe. It has it's like an axe no, at the end yeah, or something. It's the same kind of scythe that the tormentors use. So technically, yeah. yes, they're calling it a scythe, I believe. Okay. And you 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 do this thing where he he has hatred. He he's such a mean he hates everyone, but he he'll he'll have hatred on people that kind of puts this purple glow on your screen and he can boop you all around. So you need to have someone in the middle kind of like take aggro back to that person so that the runners can actually do their job and not get all booped around. And so you'll shoot his stomach to get hatred on you. And then he surely locks onto you. He's like, I'm going to get you. He has his eye on you. And he jumps off his platform and swings way down. And sometimes one kills you. Other times you're absolute. And and so you kind of have two people going back and forth trying to... um take his aggro, but at the same time shooting his shoulders, not to necessarily start damage on him, but to see a extension mechanic where he will glow like the last boss, either light or dark. And cool. if the runners aren't going fast, 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 which I only run the raid a few times now, but it, there's like the Chad teams, they're like, oh yeah, we just easily just we didn't have to extend. We, you know, all the streamers and stuff. But we'll see realistically how many teams in our crews can do it without extending. We did it once or twice. But what you really can do is, if you're not connecting all the points super fast, is he's going to eventually wipe. He starts to glow, but before that, he does a blast, light or dark. So what can happen is you call that out, and then one of the runners, if he blasts light, you need to go in a light refuge. So. A dark runner will pick up a buff, go to a light area, shoot it, create a refuge there, and everyone can go through that refuge so that when he does his white mechanic, you either stay in that refuge or if you still have the timer out of the refuge, um, oh you survive the white mechanic and it extends the encounter. They were using so many wrath mechanics. <laughs> yeah. That was the first yeah. encounter. <laughs> yeah. And wow. uh, yeah. But that it's not that hard. There's just that. And yeah. then if you have to do the extension so you get past his wipe, then you don't have to start over the connection points. You can continue where you left off, and so you'll always get it on the second try, unless something really goes wrong. And then you and then after you connect it all the way, shortly after that DPS starts, there's like this once you connect all of them, there's like this big yellow like laser beam that comes down and shoots them, and then you can do DPS on him. Nice. So it is what it is. And the thing is, is like he doesn't have a very large health pool. <laughs> People are noticing, not just 
not just the top tier streamers, but um, just everyone kind of noticing that it's going to be pretty easy to between one to two phase for most groups. And then if you mess up a little bit of a third phase, you know, yeah. but I mean, uh, some are kind of between there. Yeah. So, yeah I feel like this trade almost more than most others, like just really super connects its mechanics from one encounter to the next. It really does. And there's a lot of talk and I'll just keep it short for tonight on my thoughts of it, but a lot of talk of like how easy is this raid I'm curious what Sin thinks too, even though you didn't run all of it, but I would say this raid is on the easier side. I wouldn't say it's yeah. the easiest of the raids out. I still think Vogue is easier. Um, but the thing about it is, yes, the mechanics are easier to pick up than most raids, but you still have to execute them well, and you have to execute them fast. That's what's about this raid, is you have to always be moving and doing things fast, fast, fast. And because of that, a lot of groups are still going to have problems for a while, even though it's funny. It's like the way they did it, the medium to top tier groups, like I would say we're, we rate a lot. We're in the medium category, right, Sin? It's not like we're that good, but we're good enough, right? <laughs> and once we picked up the mechanics, we executed it pretty well. But I think this is one of those things that it's easier for the medium to top tier groups. But if you don't rate a lot, even though you can understand the mechanics quickly, you may not be able to execute them yeah. all the way. So, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, did I see something floating around about um, Thunderlord and Div? Oh, yeah. There's, yeah. You, can do, you can even do sidearms. There's, there's like 10... The, people are j doing little joke videos now, like six, six auto rifles and something. <laughs> it's like, maybe not exactly that one, but yes, Thunderlord is definitely... It's going to kind of just be the easy strat, potentially, because we were doing rockets, but Thunderlord probably will be easier, especially with the div. Oh, yeah. And also uh, less chance for collateral damage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, because rockets... Oh, no, no, MGs did get a slight buff to damage. Mm-hmm. Like, probably not so much on Nezarek's, like, tier, but I think they did get, like, a generic buff as well I wanted to say yeah so, so like deal damage a little better so that might be really I mean whenever like it, it was the same story back in D1 if machine guns were strong Thunderlord was the way to go mm -hmm. but yeah well that's what's kind of cool about this though is there's a little bit of flexibility and yeah. uh I, I, I kind of like it. It's it's kind of a refreshing aspect where we don't have to stress as much about DPS. It's more about getting to DPS. And if we can get to DPS two times, most teams are going to get it. Third, if you totally fluff, you know, mess up or something. So yeah, and it's it's not even a bad thing that there's an easier rate. Like, give us a palate cleanser, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, like, yeah, let the light and darkness saga end on like the roughest, most mechanically heavy rate. They, that they can come up with. I think that would be fitting, but having a nice little palate cleanser, because I mean, it's definitely in the easier tiers of raids. Like, not even touching it, just what I mean, it was like a two and a half hour raid race. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even mention, thanks for mentioning that. That's what the yeah. team that cleared it. Yeah, it's, it's, it was like two and a half hours, which is why I missed like a lot of it. 
because I was expecting uh, at least a six-hour, probably, like, race going through. But no, yeah, it, it was incredibly short, considering what, like, uh, Val was just under a day, I think. Yeah, Val was took a while for sure. Four hours. It was somewhere remember. there. Wish was that long. Last wish was the I think the yeah. last technically, but Val was up there too. I think so because uh, I don't think it was Deep Stone that took that long. Uh, but I know there's that whole meme that uh, what like Dado or somebody missed like yeah. the uh, the the contest mode or whatever like in a minute and twenty or something, something yep. like that. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I don't, like I said, there's it, this is definitely not the roughest, but yeah, I can definitely see it being, especially the, especially the platforming uh, segments. I I could I, I definitely see being. <laughs> I already see people going off to orbit. <laughs> <laughs> just 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 tell me when you're done. <laughs> I'm even tempted because like, like I just, I don't know. I mean, I would rather just like a, a jumping thing that I can just zoom me through. You, you practice it a few times and you, you get it. But like this one, we're always going to have to get the refuge things for that, uh, you know, movement encounter puzzle in between the encounters. I'd be like, dude, just someone else do it and I'll join when you're done. <laughs> so. I mean, it's about like, I mean, Gail, you'll definitely like, yeah, because tra- traversal stuff definitely it just takes longer. Uh, yeah, like what the opening of Deep Stone uh, just took longer before more people were comfortable with doing the entire thing and finding like the shortcuts and whatever. And uh, even Eater of Worlds, like just learning the timing and finding out exactly how far you can go and such. I mean, it just takes well, a little longer. Yeah, and kind of the point that Mahaffa was making about you know ways to speed it up with. Sh- Shatter skating or whatever. In our crew, that is up to Edifier. He's always the great one that can jump ahead. So um, (laughs) he will find the shortcuts for us. And um, and then if he can get to the end encounter and pull us all, we will be much appreciative. (laughs) Yeah, I was actually noticing that in the second encounter for the raid race, people were using uh, Cheddar and Well Skating to cross the chasm instead of the cannons. But you can't pull. Everyone has to be at the door. But at least people can yeah. still leave and rejoin. So if still for yeah. a fast person, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I noticed that uh, so much of that. Like, because uh, I think the traversal had all like two six man door or two team doors, one or two. But yeah, I think it had two. Yeah, people, see, see people leaving out door opens. People join. It's like okay. Yeah. Well. Had, we had fun and excited to run it with more people and uh, you know see see where it lasts and interested yes. to see everyone let us know if you've run it yet or if you down the road let us know what you think of it um, how fun it is for you and uh, any questions you have for us about it lore wise or encounter wise and no I didn't get the exotic well, are you expecting to get it very first try I was hoping this time around. <laughs> oh, this time around. Actually, you yeah. probably will be quicker this time around, I would assume. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, yep. 
All right. Uh, any other last minute things we want to talk about tonight before we start putting this show in the books? Don't look like we have any other questions here. Uh, except for uh, Sin, Gator, and Disguise. Yeah. Sin, are you Gator um, in Disguise? I don't, I don't uh, know. I missed I don't that. have any Worthers over here, so no, I'm good. I don't oh. you try to talk Worthers. <laughs> um, and also, Mr. Hazel, this where the sexy is. The sexy is wherever you are, sir. Yes, it became sexy when you showed up. <laughs> all right we love we love everyone in the live chat we really appreciate it again if you're listening to this after the fact if you can find the time to join us most thursday nights around 9 p.m eastern and then you can also bring great joy to us and we will also read off your comments and answer your questions live for the show so, yeah how how can you do that in case you don't know where our Discord is? We will tell you, but uh, we will also tell you where you may not be able to find us. Des. <laughs> well, you can find me on Twitter. You might not reach me there, but you can find me there. at DS underscore Raven. Um, you can, of course, catch me across a few of the Discords. I just added one other one today uh, for reasons that you might find out soon. Sin. Uh, <laughs> you can find me currently doing the running emote on top of a semi-circle desk trying to get a collectible or on Twitter at sin underscore media and of course in the Discord next to you two lovely gents. Kingsley bird looking over branch <laughs> swimming through seaweed Mac, take us out. Yes, you can find me as Kingsley Mac all the places while I'm not in the Last Wish Raid doing fun callouts. Um, and you can find information about how to join our Discord if you're not in it. Uh, you can find us, let's just skip Twitter, through our lovely website, theguardianhub.com. The best hub on the net. Thank you, Sin. Thank you, Dez. Thanks, Thank you, everyone, for being in the live chat. We'll catch you all again next week. Have a good one. Bye. Later.